Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is the Mark Boris Podcast. Seema. Seema Kumar. Hello. Now, you're from Johnson Johnson. I'm going to explain, get you to explain in a minute the complicated title. Um, and, and you're, <laughs> but you're part of J&J's Global Innovation, part of Johnson Johnson, who's you know, one of my favourite science scientific organisations, who's basically a, a, an organisation on a global basis who, who provides healthcare devices. Um, it, it, provi- it, it builds and develops and sells um, pharmacology, which is, you know, like just about everything that we ever see on our counter anywhere, right down to all sorts of little cosmetic-style things, things we know well, baby powder and all that sort of stuff. This is a massive organisation. And for massive organisations, the biggest problem for them is the, the, the opportunity for others to disrupt their business. So what the big organisations doing now, the incumbents, are they're trying to make sure they disrupt the disruptors. Yeah. And, um, and I... I, I want to know what you're doing at J&J. We had Diego in here uh, last year, I think it was, or the beginning, you no, know, it was last year. Um, I, I want to know what you're doing at J&J and what J&J is doing to take advantage of the innovators in the world today and how they can actually help J&J and how J&J can help the world as a result of that. Absolutely. As you said, J&J is a massive organisation and so you can imagine how much innovation we need in order to keep growing. Um, and all of it cannot come from within our own walls. So we decided at one point that for us to be able to have the throughput and volume of innovation and the best innovation in the world, that we have to be agnostic to where the innovation comes from. Sometimes it comes from, comes from within. Sometimes it comes from anywhere around the world. How is it? I mean, I've worked to big organisations like GE, etc. How is it that J&J can get, around, get away from being arrogant like big organisations? I mean, why, why is it you guys are so, whatever the word is, opposite to arrogant and accept Humble. that other people... Unarrogant, is it? Humble. 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 Go yes. on. Yeah. But, but how is it? Who's the guy or woman or who is it, the group that's actually made this determination and said, no, no we're, we're going to accept that other people can, can do better than us or as good as us? It's, uh, it's, it's Paul Stoffels, Dr. Paul Stoffels. He's our chief scientific officer. And uh, he turned the whole concept around on its head. And he said, if we want to solve some of the biggest medical challenges in the world, we have to start there and say, what is the need there? And then go after the best science. And it could be internal or external. And um, it was a culture change, Mark, because, you know, it takes a while. I mean, scientists, you know, they love their idea. So it's going to take them a while to just put that sort of, um, you know, arrogance aside to say, you know what, my science is great, but that guy's science, that woman's science is much better. So let's go after that 
and because that's going to solve Alzheimer's or that's going to solve cancer. So it was, is, a, it is, was is, a cultural is, shift. Can I just interrupt for a moment? Is this like, are you like thinking like, um, like Uber in that you are saying, let's go gather up all the supply side of all the scientists and innovators and inventors around the world and let's put them all into the J&J hub. Um, but we're going to do it in satellite style because that's what Uber does and that's what you guys do. Let's go catch us. Yeah, I mean, we, we have a variety of offerings, shall we say, because so on the one side, we have our internal R&D. That's the traditional R&D. But then we have a venture investment, our own venture investments. And so we invest in small uh, companies. I know that's another way we uh, invest in innovation. We have our J&J Innovation Centers, which we've set up all over the world. And there, it's a combination of different deals we do. Sometimes it's with academic scientists. Sometimes it's with a small biotech company. And always we're looking for the science. But it's it's not ca- casting a wide net, but still looking at strategic areas. The J-Labs? Uh, no, that's the Innovation Centers. Right. So the Innovation Centers are in uh, Boston, London, California, and Asia Pacific. So Asia Pacific, of course, covers Australia. And Kathy, who is here, uh, also is here in Australia because we are looking for great ideas from Australia. So that's a different concept. So you have the investments with just uh, Johnson and John- Johnson Development Corporation. That's like our venture fund. Then you have um, the innovation centers. And that those deals could be anything from licensing to collaboration to consortia or what have you. And then you have the J-Labs. And the J-Labs are our incubators where we have space, it's capital efficient. If you are a one-person company and you need to rent a small bay for a month and you pay as you go to just get your proof of concept of your experiments, you can do that. Or if you're a 10-person company, you can come in and, and, and there is no strings attached. Are the labs actual labs or are they just spaces? They are, no, they're labs. They're so actually they're, labs, scientific wet labs. labs yeah. Scientific wet labs, yeah. But they like have... Bunsen burners and... Uh-huh, that sort exactly, of and hoods and, and yeah, all of that. Yeah. 3D printing, you know, some of the new technologies. Yeah, yeah 3D too. printing, yeah, it's good cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, good stuff. So, and they have shared resources. So when there is very expensive, big, major capital equipment, those are shared. So, because, you know, you're not using them all the time. You're using, you know, big microscope or 3D printing, not every single day for 24 hours. So different people can use it. You share that resource. And so that's another thing we do. Then we do just straight up licensing and acquisitions. That's, you know, the traditional way of so also keep, getting innovation. So, so, so it's, so, a, it's a range of different ways that we access innovation. Could you give me an example of something that uh, either one of those three um, subcategories have actually s- and sponsored and or provided space for, where, which is something that maybe we know about, um, that, that immediately we know of, we can recognise where Johnson Johnson has actually been part of the innovation and, and the outcome. Is there something that you would like to... These are still very early stage. And so because there are no strings attached, um, you know, it's up to them if they wanted to come and partner with us or if they want to just stay independent. So you don't say to them, if you come here, we have first rights. We've got first Absolutely. dibs to, to own this or buy it. Exactly. Or... No, okay, exactly. that's cool. Yeah. Because a lot of uh, accelerators, incubators, they actually say, you come in here, yes. we want a percentage yeah. straight up. Yep. And there is no option of first refusal. There is no nothing. No, That's why we call them the no strings attached. And that's the J-Labs model. Yep. But then in the innovation centers, we do all kinds of deals. And the deal is basically constructed around the asset. 
So sometimes it's a straight up licensing. Sometimes it's a collaboration in which we both are working to with each other, take it forward. So it's a, it's a, it's a variety of ways. Now, the one thing with J-Labs, which is um, different from some of the other things I talked about, is in J-Labs, um, it's, it's basically whoever has the most innovative idea, it could be from any field. Um, medical devices, consumer, pharmaceuticals, um, and and you know the 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 it doesn't have to be a strategic fit per se with what we're working on. Whereas with some of the other things, we're looking for areas where we have gaps or we want to acquire um, you know fill in a gap in a particular part of our portfolio. So that's the difference. Now it all has to do with looking at the world as our laboratory and accessing the best science possible because with the diseases we are looking at in the future, like Alzheimer's, it's complicated stuff and you need every brain possible from all over the world to be, you know, working together to solve those kinds of problems. Guban, you guys have been working on for a long time, is like schizophrenia. Yes, yes. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a scourge on society today and on the people who it affects. Absolutely. So and we it's have, not just, a, just giving people a pill, it's a, there's a yeah, whole lot of stuff. Absolutely. And we have a long tradition, you know, that Paul Janssen, who is the founder of Janssen Pharmaceutica, one of the companies of Johnson & Johnson, was the one who discovered Haldol. Uh, haliperidol. And that was the first time that you could actually treat schizophrenia with a medicine. And up until then, they were in straitjackets um, in mental institutions. And then from there on, we've, we've, we've every few years, we've, uh, you know, b basically innovated. So we've gone from Haldol to Risperdal to Risperdal Consta. And then we found this new technology, which is long-acting, and so the way we've done it now, the, the latest innovation is where we have um, uh, um, a um, long-acting version. So you can control schizophrenia with like an injectable? four injections per year. Yeah, okay, like they're yeah. injectable, like so the you don't injectable. have to take it every day, which is yeah. a big problem with people with these sorts of there's lots of they, they go off the medication, whereas you do this for a, a, on a quarterly basis. Absolutely. In advance. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I actually, it's an important point. I, I want to just raise this now because... Now, if anyone in government ever is listening to this, and you know, as I think it's a very important point in terms of you're talking about, you know, Australia being an innovation nation, etc. People like Johnson Johnson, it's not just J and J, but there's people like you all around the world, and they operate in this country. They spend a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort supporting the innovation, and then they spend a lot of money investing in the innovation. It can be a five, ten year um, investment cycle. And then when it comes to um, releasing the drug, what it might be. <clears throat> um, they really do rely on a patent period to recover their, their, their return. Correct. And, you know, one in ten might be successful. Yep. So let's say you spend $10,000, it's not 10000 but more like $10 million, but like $10,000 on, on this particular outcome and you spend that nine more times, so you spend 100000 and only one does well, so you only get, uh, uh, you spend 100000 but you're only going to get a return on one of them. Yes. Um, and let's say the patent's only for 10 years. Yep. That means you're broken even. Yep. Now, we as consumers or people who need the outcomes, particularly in pharmaceuticals, but we need the outcomes, um, you know, we need people like you to take this risk. Um, the patent laws should be extended because we're the, one, we're the ultimate beneficiaries and we should never deny organisations like Johnson Johnson from getting a return because Absolutely. otherwise they're not, they're businesses, they're not going to invest the money. Yes. They just won't invest. They're going to say, well, stuff this, it's too hard. I bought, I bought some generics the other day, like just because they ran out of the stuff that I usually, I usually just, I not for the reason of I want to put more money in J&J's pocket, but just because I just, I didn't trust the uh, 
the generic. The generic, yeah. But but they were out of the, the one that I wanted, and they said, "Listen, it is exactly what goes into the." And that's what stuffs them up. And I was like, "Oh my god, that's like as a complete rip off, you know." Like, it is a rip off. I mean, well, so the patents five years, and after five years, they copy your exact recipe for the drug. Yeah, you've just been, you know, your business model's been turned. And, on and the government, a government in this country at least, should look at say, okay, well. It's an easy thing for government to do. It doesn't cost the government anything. You just say, okay, what we'll do is we'll extend the, the Johnson Johnson for 20 years or I don't know, what something more reasonable. What do you think about yeah. it? Because the drug comes down to like, sometimes I remember I was buying this, these drugs, um, you know, when they first developed. At the, the chemist. At the chemist. chemist. Yes. And, uh, and they were like, you know, 50 or 60 bucks or something. And then uh, and then I bought the generic, I don't know, this is, I hadn't had it, a type of antibiotic or something for a couple of years. And it, I think it was like 10 bucks or 15 bucks. So, you know, like less than a third of the price. Yeah, but, you, but you, you're right. I mean, the thing is the, the cost of a particular drug, um, whatever it is, the, the failures are captured in that cost. Yeah, right? correct. Right? So nine out of ten and that don't work. So nine out of ten don't, don't work. And then the investment you make in bringing it to market, so – Typically about, you know, $10 billion it could be uh, for something that's a big biologic, for example. $10 billion Yes, to $10 develop billion something. to develop something, Whoa. including the cost of failures, mm-hmm. right? If it's a biologic, I mean, you know, small molecules are slightly different cost. And that many years, sometimes 10 years, to actually make a... So you spend $10 billion over 10 years and yes. only one of, the, one, one of those 10 applications works. Yes. Which means you need at least another... I don't know what the numbers are, but probably another ten, at least ten years to recover your original investment. And the, and the Nick, the the argument is, people will argue, uh, oh well, I, I would rather go to the chemist and buy that antibody for ten bucks or instead of forty dollars, whatever mm. the answer is. But the the flip side of the argument is, yeah, but by the way, if you keep allowing people to do that, someone, no one's ever going to develop the drug in the first place. So, of course, that's the end of the story. You're not yeah. going to get, no one's going to get well. So, would I, if I was given a choice of getting well at forty bucks? And I'm not just me because I can afford it, but just in a general policy sense, then never having a new innovation in pharma- pharmaceuticals. Anyone can go yeah. and grab the ingredients and put them in a little thing and smash them all together. It's the, the innovative part is correct about what comes the yeah, recipe itself. I, I mean, you know, one of the things the the that's one of the bigger uh, trends also that in industry, including at Johnson and Johnson, that we did in in addition to looking for external innovation, is uh, me too's are not we're not in the business of me too's. Because, you know, you can just go and make another one of the same sort of thing, slightly different. But, you know, nobody no, nobody wants that. What you really want is something that creates huge value uh, and surprises on beats market expectations. So if you have innovation, if you start at the very high level in terms of aspiring what you want to innovate, and when you develop a drug over time, as I said, it takes time, five, ten years to develop a drug. Each time you find out more and more and you lose a little bit of its, you know, special characteristics as you develop. And so over time, your, your, your product is getting little by little lesser and lesser in terms of the innovation quotient. And market expectations are going like this. And so when you finally come to market, if by the time the market expectations are over here and you've come below market expectations, then pretty much you, what you have is me too. File. Fail. Yeah, me too. And you've spent a lot of money coming up with something. So what you need to do is to, first of all, speed. You need to come faster and you need to start with the innovation aspiration this high. So by the time you finally develop the drug... Same as hand, by the way, is right up in the sky. Right up in the sky, yes. 
is radio. You still mm. need to, when you come, you still need to be able to be above, above the above. expectations. And that's where you create value. And whether it's technology, medicines, or whatever, you want to surprise and delight your customer, uh, beat their expectations, and not, you know. Um, and so, for example, in cancer, you should aspire to nothing more than cure. Um, and, you know, you may not quite get there. You may get, you know, something better or something worse. That, uh, but that's what you should aspire for. And you so, start and, with, a, with a big goal, audacious goal. I don't want to get stuck on pharma, pharmaceuticals um, because J&J is more than that. Yep. Um, what about in terms of devices? I mean, I, I guess a lot of people know about the, the devices that you guys use for... Um, uh, diabetes, etc. But what, what what other areas are you trying to push into in terms of medical devices? Um, lots of different different arenas. So one of the things we recently did, we did a deal with Google Robotics, and uh, what that is is really a robotic uh, learning system that allows surgeons to learn from the the sort of uh, gathered data from thousands of surgeries that have taken place, and that data is uh, aggregated and teaches surgeons to do. A, a better job. For so, it's a form of artificial yeah. intelligence. Is it? It's a, it's, it's a, it's a learning. It's a, yeah, it's yeah. a learning mechanism yeah. to teach surgery. So, you know, so we worked with Google on on that particular deal, which was um, an interesting one. And then in the medical devices arena, just like with um, the pharmaceuticals, what we're trying to do is to uh, innovate, not just make it a little bit better to hold and a little bit better to maneuver. If you're a surgeon doing endoscopy or what have you. But to actually make a uh, look at things that might be coming down the pike, you know, very, very, very different. So 3D printing is an example that we are looking at very seriously because um, that is sort of like the next big thing. I mean, um, like for artificial limbs, et cetera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, we, I mean, it's, we're, we're far away from that, but we have to be investing in 3D printing now in order for us to really, um, you know, um, be in there. Uh, early in the game. So that's in the medical devices arena. And then, um, you know, there's also sort of what we call the consumer medical devices, which is things like contact lenses. And uh, one of the things there we have ongoing, which is quite interesting, uh, is um, we take stem cells and we use a catheter to inject it in the back of the eye. And uh, what we found out is that in um, older people who are almost legally blind, um, that it really restores their vision. Um, and they can see again, and this is called, you know, age-related macular degeneration. Um, so that's another area where we're bringing is that, something. Is that out now? That's um, always just... It's, 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 it's in clinical trials. In trials, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's clinical cool. trials. So, so the clinical trial results are showing, you know, pretty pretty promising results. Because God knows, like, when I'm t- if I'm 85, one thing I want to be able to do is I might be able to do anything else, I want to be able to see. Yeah. I mean, you deserve to be able to see when you're really, really old. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you're like, I mean, seriously, you've got to be able to look around the bloody and Mark, joint. people are living longer, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so people are living longer and they are living more independently as they age and uh, want to be able to drive, want to be able to walk, go do their groceries um, and so on. And so, you know, vision, vision, we take vision for granted. Uh, but, um, you know, when you don't have it, it's, um, you know, it's, it's devastating. It affects your quality of life. It affects everything. So, you know, that's an area, for example. So, so you all, you all, of course, you know, the minimally invasive surgical stuff we do. We uh, have sutures. We have lots of different things that are sort of standards. But we're also pushing the boundaries in terms of looking at what 
new ways can we innovate in that arena? Can you make baby powder? Uh, yes, we, we for a long do. time. I used to Bandit put on your bum, too. Nick, and and band aids and shampoo. But but in the consumer yeah. arena, one of the things um, which I personally am looking forward to is this uh, thing. It's 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 um, called La Lumiere, and it's sort of this facial mask, um, and it's got this uh, technology where you you wear this and it treats your uh, your acne, puts you know energy into your skin, and then you know. Uh, treats your acne. So rather than, so what it does is you avoid using ingredients instead of putting um, cream on your face. You can put this sort of mask on. Comes from internal. Um, uh, yeah, and then you can just wait, you know, you put it on for, I don't know, 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes. And so that sort of uh, allows you to treat your treat your acne. Hey, listen, you know, looking beautiful is just as important as being healthy. And so... Everyone in this room would agree with you. I think I've got a... We're going to have... We're running short of time now. But what's interesting for me, and hopefully for everybody else listening, is we have the, really, to me, to be the two divisions of innovation in the world today in terms of commercial innovation. Um, we have your, market, your, your marketplace... Innovator, and and to me, those marketplace innovators, those guys are creating something that sits between the demand and supply side. Other ones that are doing very well. I mean, and they do use technology, but it's really, it's probably more than just technology. It's about a hundred different things, and there's a and it's a sort of a pretty narrow road to to go down. But um, so marketplaces and innovation around marketplaces and knowing what consumers want is a great. Business to be in is being and is and has proven over and over again in the last ten years to be very very successful. So that's what GoCatch. Then on the flip side, we've got an organisation which Seema is from, which is one of the world's leading science organisations in my in my view, um, and they are creating and or sponsoring real scientific technology, which on its own is nothing about a marketplace, but it's on its own is very very valuable to society, and obviously it has commercial value too. And to some extent, what I'm getting from this is that through these innovation hubs and um, the J Labs and um, all the various um, strategies and tactics that you're using to get this information, you're nearly building a marketplace at J and J by saying to people out there who have the supply of new ideas, come to us, and we'll help you get there. Yeah, and we'll help it, you find a home. And you know, we want to we want the well, the common well, from which we are all drawing from the innovation well to be full and overflowing almost because we can all draw from that. But one of the parallels is that we also have these sort of challenges and competitions. We have these quick fire challenges. In fact, we had a quick fire sa- a challenge in Australia um, where what we do is um, we put out a challenge and um, many startup companies will come and compete. And then the winners get free space in our J Labs or, you know, some time in, you know, free space for a little bit of time in J Labs. I and think we're doing like one for you in September. Yeah. I, I think I am. Is it one in September? Hatchathon. Yeah. Different, uh, yeah, that's slightly different. But um, but it's not unlike, you know, so what, what we want to do is in the life sciences arena, uh, support individuals. And there's many of them all over the world that we support. And uh, so in addition to providing them space, we provide mentorship. We teach them things like, you know, how to file your patent. Um, Because some scientists 
may know maybe brilliant scientists, but they may not know how to go from molecule to medicine. Mm. And uh, and so whether it's putting them in touch with experts, um, telling them how to raise money, uh, teaching them um, you know skills, whether it's communication skills, other things. So we surround. It's not just about the space. We surround the um, the entrepreneurs and startup companies with a lot of mentoring um, to make sure that they're successful. Where can, oh God, the world where, where can they get in touch with you, Seema? Oh, call me. Call, call you, okay. <laughs> or put call your number on, the website. on the website. Well, call Kathy, Kathy we'll, Connell. We'll, we'll, we'll put your number on the website. We'll, yeah. put, we'll put all the numbers <laughs> up on the website. And, and it's, it's the world the world, world has really changed in the last five years, in my view. Just You wouldn't have had these conversations five, six years ago. Well, we at Johnson & Johnson believe a great idea can come from anywhere in the world and from anyone in the world. And so if you've got a great idea, come see us because we'll support you. Back yourself. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. This has been the Mark Boris Podcast. You can follow Mark on Twitter at Mark Boris and find out more at markboris.com.au. 